0: viewer discretion is advised the internet a network of networks less a modern tool and more like a series of tubes the internet i for one would argue is man's greatest achievements in any technological fields in modern times it's kind of just there. The internet in this 21st century could be described as an omnipresent aspect of life. To boomers it may appear less important than we appreciate. Though in a world where even most governmental programs are run through internet technologies, you'd think that less ancient hominids would be managing its distribution. But this world is anything but ideal. Though we, the so-called Millennials, we get how it works. And if you're anything like me, you were practically raised by the internet and you spent countless hours of those formative years somewhere between late adolescence and early adult years in some corner of what they've called the digital world where, naturally, you've seen some shits. This bitch has certainly seen some shits. Way back when, in episode 7 of this podcast, we wet our feet just a little bit as we looked at some very entry-level pieces of internet law. All good things deserve a sequel. I mean, not really. But for the purposes of today's show, let's just say that they do. Because we're reopening the book on internet history this week, my friends. This is Cassidy is Alive, episode 32, Internet Law, part 2. It's Cassidy. I'm alive. For yet another week, Cassidy is alive, and she does hope that her voice is a little more palatable this week. I have been so self-conscious about my speaking voice lately, and I felt that it's shown in the last few podcast episodes. Please don't confirm that one way or the other. Please. That is an issue that I must reconcile on my own, but I do appreciate the thought. After all, my voice was way more masculine, like, not even that long ago. I was going to say way back when, but not even that long ago. My voice was hyper-masculine. So, at the very least, I'm doing better than I was once upon a time. So, what's on today's agenda? Of course, we'll be discussing internet law on today's show, and that'll be coming up in just a short while. In the weekly update closing out the show this week, I'll be giving my thoughts on the first episode of AEW Rampage. Great debut week. Fucking great. Like, seriously, what a good hour of TV! honestly but we'll talk more in depth on AEW rampage in due time for now though and actually accompanied by a unique intro let's get updated on australia's covid situation
1: these numbers are still far too high Uh, and the data will tell us the data will, the data will tell us the experts will tell us uh, by staying apart we keep each other safe by staying at home we keep each other safe cumulative cases of coronavirus in victoria it's important that all of us acknowledge that these numbers are still far too high
0: Okay, before jumping in, and before I spew at you some data, I wanted to clarify that I do realize that that silly jingle is... Well, it's not silly, it's shitty. <laughs> Let's just be honest, it's lazy, and it's shitty. So I guess it's fitting. <laughs> the year ends in little over four months. And I'm hopeful that I can retire this fucking segment before year's end. Can the island nation of Australia reach common cause and achieve some kind of return to normalcy in four months? Probably not, but let's hope so. As we've been doing, let's start with the figures for my home state of Victoria. As of the week of Monday, 16th of August 2021, there are 205 active cases in Victoria as the statewide lockdown extends, likely through to the start of September, postponing my appointment with the gender specialist for a second time. 47.3% of persons over the age of 16 have had one vaccination shot while 25.8 have had both shots. Figures as always reflective of as per 100k people. The Prime Minister Scott Morrison is not missing in action but you know he might as well be. Scomo's weekly input was to assert that lockdowns only work when lockdowns work. Truly, Scomo, you're really helping here. You're helping all of us. Just look at all that you've done for us thus far. Look at it all. You've done fucking nothing. You're you're useless. Jesus. In the greater nation... The New South Wales outbreak has spiraled completely out of control. The state is now recording 7,080 active cases as a proper statewide lockdown was finally imposed in the last week. Now, that number of 7,080 has most certainly increased by the time this has been published. I would assume, by close to a thousand cases. Queensland are reporting 129 active cases, while Western Australia, South Australia, and Northern Territory have numbers in the single digits. That's five in WA, two in South Australia, and three in Northern Territory. There are zero recorded cases of COVID in Tasmania, while the ACT sadly, has seen what is, at the time of recording, a small outbreak, now recording 28 active cases inside the territory. They were at zero for a number of weeks, but they're basically surrounded, not even basically, they're literally surrounded by New South Wales. It was bound to happen, unfortunately. As of Monday, 16th of August, I am still ineligible for any vaccination. Were I a citizen of literally any other state or territory except for ACT, I would be eligible. Now, this is determined at the federal level by the Morrison government. As ScoMo sits idly by and allows my state premier, Daniel Andrews, to take the heat, a man that has actually done his best to help us, Scott, you dickhead, as he allows Andrews to take the heat, never stop reminding his government that it is their decision to restrict vaccine rollouts more heavily in Australia's two most densely populated states slash territories, those being Victoria and ACT. Now, that isn't to say they have the greatest population, but they do have the greatest population density. Both Victoria and ACT. They, they they are the two places with the least amount of vaccines. The heaviest restrictions on them. Are you fucking... I don't want to use the R word. I'm trying to get that out of my vocabulary. So, for one last time, Scott Morrison, are you fucking retarded? We need a golf Whitlam now more than ever. In lieu of that, don't be stupid. Wear a mask, stay at home. Like I've said in the past, we are all in this together, and it's clear now for the long term. We will get through this. We will. With that out of the way, let's talk internet law. Transition. So... Let's begin today's dive into internet law at what is perhaps the epicenter of all of the web's most classic history. Where else but the very arsehole of the internet, 4chan. Mostly the random or b-board, though this particular phenomena does occur site-wide. This is the epic thread. The 4chan epic thread I would consider the perfect microcosm of this concept of internet law. Put simply, it is a thread on 4chan considered particularly memorable, or yes, epic. And for any number of reasons, though usually they're recognized as epic threads for simply being really, really funny you'll know for sure that you've entered an epic thread upon seeing the affirmative anonymous comment posting in an epic thread, or rather its superior variant toasting in an epic bread. It's little more than, as stated, positive affirmation, an acknowledgement that we are indeed witnessing or even partaking in internet history. With that explained, let us have a gander at some of these epic threads. This is a list curated by myself and in no particular order, comprising of mostly random examples that came to my mind during the research slash writing process. To begin a tale of tragedy. In 2009, An anonymous user posted this image on the b-board. An instructional image macro. Teaching new and unaccustomed 4chan users, at the time described with the pejorative term newfag, how to post a Triforce in Unicode. The Triforce, in simple terms, is that famous triangle symbol from The Legend of Zelda. I'm sure you've seen it. While the practice of Triforcing has all but faded into obscurity today, what with the influx of casual users and fucking normies to 4chan, it was, at the time, almost like a rite of passage. Then popular phrase, new fags can't Triforce, being posted constantly by the old guard of 4chan anons. A little embarrassed to admit this, but p- back in high school I too championed the phrase. This 2009 post, however, did not actually instruct users on how to post a tripod, rather on how to write a simple executable that would delete System32, thereby bricking any Windows PC. And some poor poor son of a bitch, actually fell for it. Assumedly a naive teenager, and on their father's work computer, they posted irrefutable photographic evidence confirming the event. With their father returning home from work shortly, the anonymous commenter frantically attempted to resolve the issue, chronicling their efforts in the thread. At the behest of the nuns trolling the thread, they began to install a different operating system, which wiped almost all of the data stored to the PC's hard drive. But it gets worse. They were convinced to run an industrial-grade magnet, described as being used in fucking welding, across the HSD the the a- oh my God I fucked that up the HDD which completely destroyed the hard drive it completely destroyed it as said by another anon in the thread the PC was now essentially a paperweight while this incident is far from B's most insidious act by God it is up there somewhere amongst the most. Funny. Our next epic thread is much shorter and it is far less known than the 2009 PC bricking affair. It primarily concerns OP, the original post. And the more that you think about it, the more peculiar it becomes. The May 2012 post reads as such My cats caught this snake. And brought it inside, so I went ahead and scanned it. <laughs> I don't know much about snakes, but I think this one is young. It appears to have a diamond-like pattern at the base of its head. Its underside is red colored. Can anyone identify it? Now, in case that flew over your head, dear listener, This guy scanned a fucking snake, he uploaded the image- I'm sorry. I just find it really funny. (laughs) So this guy, he- he scanned a snake, uploaded the image to 4chan, and was so nonchalant about it. It's actually fucking impressive, like, how casual he just said, Alright, so I went ahead and scanned (laughs) it. The thread itself is only archived in image form, and we are therefore not privy to live reactions beyond the first two responses. If there were even any more responses to begin with. That said, whenever this image is reposted around the net, it is generally met with subtle bewilderment. Because, you see, it's not so strange on the surface. But if you think about it just a little bit, you begin to realize, yeah, scanning a snake when you could just take a photo, <laughs> it, what? It's pretty damn fucking bizarre. Sorry, <laughs> I, like I said, I just find that very funny. Like, it's so peculiar. Why? Our next epic thread takes us to the V-board. This is for discussion of video games. In a 2009 post, a thread was created about then upcoming Nintendo Wii game, The Conduettes. In response to the original post, an anonymous commenter asked the now infamous question Has anyone really been far, even as decided to use, even go, want to do, look more like? Huh? What? Oh. Okay. Now, people have tried to decipher this question for actual years. Over a decade now, actually. And I don't think that we've really worked out the full extent of it yet. Speculation is that it was asking if video game devs had ever gone to such great lengths to make a game that was so realistic although The Conduit was far from the most visually realistic game in 2009, so I do very much doubt this explanation. Whatever the case, this will be around for as long as the internet is. It is so widespread and well-known, but I could not resist talking about it. I left it out of the first internet lore episode with full intent to speak on it, so I had to include it here. It's it's such a it's just it's a piece of history if, if you've been on the internet and I mean the real internet if you've been to the depths of the internet you're familiar with this 2010 the b-board an anonymous user starts a thread calling for suggestions on senior pranks at their high school 11 minutes into the thread a comment was left reading bring a cow in and get it to the top floor of the building. They can walk upstairs but not down. They usually have to get a crane to get it out. What followed was perhaps my favourite thread in the history of B that I was actually present to watch unfold. Put a mattress in the pool. When they get wet, they get so heavy it takes a construction cane A construction crane to get them out. Put a crane in your school building. It usually takes a crane to get them out. Disable the crane so it can't be used to get it out. Put a crane in your school. Takes a mattress to get it out. Put an inconspicuous briefcase on the top floor. They'll think it's a bomb and they'll have to use a crane to get it out. Put a crane on the crane. Takes one crane to crane the first crane, and one crane to remove the craned crane. And this one, this comment, was left by yours truly at age 17. Summon the old god Cthulhu into your school's boiler room. He usually takes a crane to get out. Sometimes, sometimes, memes, they just kind of, like, happen. Other times, it takes a crane to make a meme. Next one, will be. Spider Man,
1: Spider Man does whatever a spider can.
0: Well, shit. I guess that this is now a Spider Man thread. Shifting from the topic of the epic thread, we're now going to look at Spider-Man threads. Now, regardless of what the website Know Your Meme might claim, the true origin of the Spidey thread is unknown. But they sure as hell predate 2010. Someone needs to edit that article. This was already a thing when I first came to 4chan at age 13 in 2006. Actually, I may have been 12 and get to turn 13, but either way, it was in 2006. First year of high school. Placing the point of origin at least four years later is just incorrect. So, that know your meme article. Incorrect. But anyway, what the fuck is a Spider-Man thread? I'm glad that you asked. In similar vein to a modern contemporary, that being Pea is Stored in the Balls, Stills from the 60s Spider-Man animated series will be used as a non-sequitur, often accompanied by the caption, this is now a Spider-Man thread. The object is simple, it's to completely derail the thread, shifting the discussion of the original topic into a flood of unfunny and frankly pointless images of 1960s Spider-Man. Unlike many classic memes that originated on b such as uh, rage comics forever alone or held the image macro in of itself the spidey thread has maintained throughout the years hasn't been co-opted and it is a persistent inside joke specifically on 4chan's various boards in my opinion this is among the last bastions of the old 4chan that still remains and i say that because 4chan is kind of in the post-mortem phase right now rigor mortis hasn't quite set in but it's coming believe you me b was never good but it used to be better god that, that was a horrible sentence i'm sorry <laughs> moving on let's talk about the grow the house. Now if you find yourself interested in this upcoming topic, I would direct you towards a video by Frederick Knudsen of Down the Rabbit Hole fame. It isn't an episode of Down the Rabbit Hole itself, but it is a great deep dive nonetheless. This won't be a deep dive, just an overview. This is the story of a horrible DIY project by a something-awful forums user with the screen name Grover. Grover lived in Virginia, in a place quite literally called the Great Dismal Swamp. Like, that's the actual name of the place, the Great Dismal Swamp. Of course, otherwise known as Impact Wrestling. The Grover house was a home construction project, and Grover, he was neither an architect or a builder. Beginning in December of 2006, Grover began to chronicle his project on something awful, an $80,000, 2,000 square foot addition onto his home, with a design that made utterly zero sense. It was mocked heavily and continues to be like this is some not very well known infamy on the internet but it's known and it's constantly mocked there is no redeeming factor at all to the grover house the grover house it had an oddly staggered garage it's pictured on the youtube version right now it served absolutely no purpose it was just a weird aesthetic design A bizarre choice, but whatever, I guess. It's just, why would you design the garage like that, Grover? I don't get it. (laughs) There was also the infamous load-bearing drywall. A load-bearing drywall. Rest assured, the Grover house, it was an absolute disaster. But there are two stories that I'd like to talk about regarding the project. So to celebrate the successful construction of his, I forgot to mention, bowed-in garage, (laughs) Grover had a barbecue. Now, despite living on a large property, for some reason, Grover decided to place his grill directly next to a newly fitted vinyl siding. And when I say directly next to, I mean practically leaned up against it. This melted part of his house. It melted the vinyl siding. It... Oh my god. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed, nor the fastest car in his staggered garage. The second unfortunate incident involved... I guess you'd call it a sewerage leak. Um, listen, with apologies to our Spotify listeners, this incident can only... Fully be appreciated in the form of an image. This man is named James Rolfe. You may know him better as the Angry Video Game Nerd. Since 2006, Rolfe has run the very popular YouTube channel Cinemassacre. Though he began filmmaking in 1989, while still in his single-digit years, and before I was born. I fucking love James Rolfe. And if you are a fan of any new slash alternative media, you pretty much have to respect and admire the hell out of this guy, regardless of what you think of the contents. So prior to the launch of the Massacre channel and the advent of YouTube in of itself, the Angry Video Game Nerd had gone the 2004 equivalent of viral and made James Rolfe one of the most popular celebrities on the internet at the time. Of course, AVGN was released under different names back then, but you know, whatever. The Angry Video Game Nerd has proven to be very influential to independent content creators in an overall, general sense. As opposed to Doug Walker's Nostalgia Critic, which began life as a team effort, AVGN, for the vast majority of its run, was produced entirely by James Rolfe. At best, he had some minor assistance from his buddy Mike of 10 inches, Matei. Now, AVGN these days is a bit more of a team effort, but for the longest time, we're talking well over 15 years, well, maybe not well over 15 years, but approaching 15 years, it was just James and partially Mike. AVGN, even to this day, it has a very amateur quality that a great deal of fans consider to be both charming and inspiring. Here's this seemingly average guy with a potty mouth talking about retro video games on the internet and getting both views and money for his efforts. James Rolfe was very much a catalyst. He inspired countless people to create content of their own. I mean, if James Rolfe can do it, well maybe I can too. It was that kind of reasoning that the popularity of James Rolfe and the Angry Video Game Nerd had spurred on, while good guy James himself only ever encouraged other inspiring content creators to do as he did. I struggled to find the exact video, and I apologize for that, though there is a 10 plus year old upload on the Cinemassacre channel wherein james discusses the creation of internet-based content he rationalizes that those aspiring to do what he does stand to lose nothing in their attempt and they will regret everything if they don't make that attempt it took me years up to the age of 27 but i finally took james rolf's sage-like advice believe me Even if it may not seem like it at times, the effort that I exert on a weekly basis putting together this weekly video, uh, video, visual podcast, it's fucking immense. A lot of the time, it is still a struggle, and it often feels, I guess, futile, but now some 32 episodes in, I am very glad that I do this. Regardless of the low view accounts, I'm- I'm glad that I do this. If not for James Rolfe, I'd still be spending the majority of my week in bed, accomplishing nothing. So here's the AVGN, and here's the James Rolfe, the man that I consider to be the internet's most influential person. We will cover Maddox in due time, but to me, James Rolfe is far more influential. For now, though. (laughs) Song of the Week time. This week, we have an unknown track by an unknown artist. And you may know where this is headed. Nicknamed the most mysterious song on the internet, this is a piece of music often categorized as new wave assumed to have been produced In the 1980s, it shares many similarities with the likes of Joy Division. Its origin, completely unknown. Though it was recorded from an early 80s broadcast of Hamburg-based public radio station. I can't pronounce it, so the, the initials are NDR. Over the last few years, it has become somewhat of a viral sensation. With internet sleuths working hard in a collaborative effort, to solve the mystery that is this song's origin. For more on the topic, I will direct you to Justin Wang. He has a number of videos on the song that discuss it far deeper than I'm willing to. Of course, if you're interested. Really, when it comes to internet history-themed content, Wang is second to none. I cannot recommend his channel enough. You enjoy this song, and I will be back in just a few minutes.
1: America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play.
2: Hey, Dan. Ready for the game? I'm just finishing up here with my new kayaking friends. Kayaking friends on your computer? Yeah, I just got America Online. Sounds great. Listen, I can't go to the game today. What? I've got to send something for my mom's birthday. It's tomorrow. I'll then book plane tickets for our trip next week, and my kids got to go to the library to look up dinosaurs. Hey, we can take care of all that before we go. Yeah, right. Oh, with America Online. America Online can do all that? Yeah. How about sending your mom some nice flowers? All you do is click on
1: Marketplace. We place an order. Call now for America Online. A new way to use your computer to communicate, have fun, and get instant news and information.
2: Flowers are sent. Now let's access the online travel service. How long have you had this? About a week. And it's so easy. All you do is point and click. But how does it work? All you need is a computer and a regular phone line. They send you the software and give you 10 free hours to check it out.
1: Call now for your free America Online Startup Kit and get free software and 10 free online hours. It's everything you need to get online. Plane tickets are ordered.
2: Now, let's look up dinosaurs. What do you think? Compton's Encyclopedia or National Geographic? You get all that with America Online? Yeah, you can read Business Week Online before it hits the newsstand. Update your stock portfolio every 15 minutes with PC Quote. You can even play fantasy football.
1: Call now for 10 free hours of America Online and get instant access to the worlds of sports, finance, computing, and entertainment.
2: Here come the dinosaurs. I saved you a trip to the library. That's great. Yeah, downloading is easy, too. You know, I can even send email on the Internet. And of course, there's my personal favorite, live chat. That's how I met my new kayaking buddies. We'll check that out later, after the game. So how do you get America Online? Oh, well, that's easy, too. You just call their 800 number. I gotta check this out. I always like to keep my favorite snack handy. Need a little excitement? Step into a Slim Jim. oh yeah!
1: If you own a computer, here's how to get the most out of it without buying lots of expensive software. Get ready to write down a phone number and watch this. CompuServe combines the power of your computer with the convenience of your telephone to bring you hundreds of online services like a complete set of encyclopedias. And the AP Newswire. It helps you decide on investments, bank, make airline reservations, and shop in the electronic mall. It connects you with other computer owners and offers games that pit you against opponents around the country. You get all this and more, and it's as simple as making a local phone call. To get online with CompuServe and over a half million people throughout North America, See your local computer store or call 1-800-522-4477 for a free informative brochure about CompuServe. Call now to get the most out of your computer.
0: You know what I hate? Hey guys, so at this point in recording, I received a message from my dad that's he doesn't word things very well it was meant i think to be supportive but it kind of just broke my heart and look i had to cut out a couple of minutes of the podcast here i was gonna scrap the whole thing and just not do my podcast anymore that's how much it upset me um in lieu of that i'm Cutting all of that, it's basically me ranting about being an orphan i I'm cutting that out, and instead, the rest of the show is just bullet points, okay. Thank you for understanding, guys. See you soon. yeah, you know, we'll just do bullet points. I don't wanna <laughs> I stressed over taking these notes, doing the research. I was a couple of days behind. I'm not going to let all of that go to waste, so we'll do bullet points for the rest of the show, right? Internet time travellers. Very interesting shit. Do they actually exist, or are they well-designed, elaborate trolls? In the early 2000s, we were apparently visited by a man named John Teter from the year 2036. From a United States devastated by nuclear war, he sought to acquire an IBM 5100 computer for a supposed hidden feature that would help to debug various legacy computer programs. While the rest of his predictions were either wrong or still set for a future date, a formerly undiscovered, I'm sorry, a formerly undiscovered debugging feature was actually found in the IBM 5100 over ten years after John Teter's original forum posts. Yeah, that does seem a little spooky, though, look, in all likelihood, John Teter's true identity was likely a computer scientist of some sorts who was privy to the knowledge of the IBM's 5100 hidden feature. Um, He described his time machine, how it operated, the mechanics of it in explicit detail. Again, probably some kind of computer scientist, some kind of, you know, um, engineer, something like that. Somebody who is in a line of work who would know these things. Of course, there's no such thing as a time machine, but you get what I'm getting at. Again, Justin Wang has a great video on this that I highly recommend if you're interested in the story of John Titor. I'm sorry, guys. I'm clearly not doing very well. We'll get through it. TJ Crack, better known as The Amazing Atheist, hosted a podcast called The Drunken Peasants podcast. In its prime, this was my favourite podcast and to this day, Prime Drunken Peasants is still my favourite podcast ever. It still exists now, but (laughs) you know. Now, the main antagonist of DP was atheist YouTuber turned faux Christian e-beggar, Brett Keane. Brett is an Absolute fucking waterhead. And almost like an incompetent cartoon villain, really. He presented himself as an intellectual, despite having the intelligence of a fucking bicycle. He once famously called The Reign of Mao Zedong. I quote, the rind of Zaire Dedong. Here's a clip.
1: How many Atheists do you think got killed
2: during the reign of Zeo de What a fucked up name that
1: guy's got.
0: All in all, Brett Keane is a very interesting individual. And I can see a particular situation in the future where this guy gets his own episode of Cassidy is Alive. Trust me, he's worth it. (laughs) Next up, Maddox. So, once upon a time, Maddox was the internet's resident bad boy. He ran a popular blog called The Best Page in the Universe. He also wrote the New York Times bestselling book, The Alphabet of Manliness. He ran a podcast with one Dick Masterson called The Biggest Problem in the Universe. And it was a great, pretty hilarious, if very off-color podcast. The whole the whole concept was both guys would bring in a problem, something they considered a problem with the world or with society, and they would basically just argue about what's a bigger problem. Maddox would often bring in things like female genital mutilation, while Dick would like argue stupid things are problems. Dick's trying to be funny, Maddox, as the time goes on, is getting more and more serious, more and more frustrated with Dick's growing popularity. Following a falling out between the two, Maddox filed a $372 million lawsuit with the New York Supreme Court against Dick Masterson, Patreon, and friend of the podcast, Asterios Coconos, perhaps better known as Boisterous Coconuts, the lawsuit, which is often referred to fittingly as the Lull suits, was dismissed seven months later due to the complete illegibility of the documents provided, and the fact that there was zero evidence of any wrongdoing. Dick is the
1: winner. Fuck you!
0: (laughs) Maddox lost. Okay, sir. I was going to close out with a history of Pornhub. I don't know, I just thought that was a really interesting, kind of risqué topic. Though, why don't we save that for the future, and I promise, far better and less complicated Internet Law Part 3. Why don't we do that, hey? Weekly updates.
2: All of you listen up!
0: It was one week, one week ago. 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 Thank you, Tony Shimani. I have not much to <laughs> update you guys on this week. Uh, I, I was whistled at <laughs> by a stranger in a car. That has never happened before. I'm, I'm sure if that continues, I will grow to be. Completely and utterly annoyed by it, but for now, a real, I mean, serious boost to my self confidence. Because why wouldn't it be? Now, AEW Rampage. I have this big write up about it, but as you probably figured, I'm not feeling it. So, just briefly, AEW Rampage: a great, great fucking hour of wrestling. Opening the show, you had Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Well, it was not a blow-away match. It was really fucking good. I really enjoyed it. I think it had the right finish. It told the right story. It was a really good, I think, about 15-minute match. Really good shit. You should go out of your way to, you know what, just watch the whole episode of Rampage. If you've never watched AEW, watch Rampage. Might sell you on it with a really good show i mean seriously one of the best tv shows that aw has put out to date the show ending though coming off of brit baker this is red velvet which was a good match not that great but a good match we had jamie hater my girl returning to aw after almost two years stuck in the uk she has signed a contract And she has aligned herself with women's champion Britt Baker. And this gets all of my yes. I love Jamie Hayter so much. She's like one of my favorite wrestlers right now. She's beautiful. She's cool as fuck. And I love her. Also, she smokes weed and that's pretty cool. (laughs) I mean, just be honest. I give it about 18 months. Jamie Hader will be wearing that very belt, I promise, and if I'm wrong, well I'm wrong, who cares. (laughs) All right, I'm starting to feel particularly worthless, I don't know, Um, so let's wrap up the show. All right friends, I'm sorry about cutting the show short this week, but life It gets in the way, I was going to say sometimes, but a lot of the time. And parents, they fucking suck. They fucking suck. Nonetheless, I will be back next week, hopefully in higher spirits than I am right now, as I wipe a tear from my eye. And we will be learning next week about the death of God. When did atheism and when did secularism really begin? And how do we get there? From there, how do we get here? Why is at least the western world a haven for the godless? I actually have no clue myself. So for the first time ever, we're gonna learn about a topic together, And I am really looking forward to this one. Next week, God is dead. Fuck yeah. This one's going to be good. Until then, have a great, great week. I love you. If you have a dad, give him a call. Just to say, hey. I'll see you next week. Bye.
1: We are shit! So we're told! The people or the people Is as you've ever seen! We've been no one likes Except for people who get us crushes us. That's not enough. What you say? They have to write a song they did yes in the right to
2: write this piece of shit. I'll rip off every shit out there I fucking For those of you that don't know. Me and Britt go way back. So when my friend asked me to come
0: in and sort these silly little girls out the back, of course the answer's gonna be yes. Just ask Chris Statland and Red Velvet what it's like to be on the receiving end of my boots. So why don't we pick up where we left off? Red, next week in Milwaukee on dynamite, I dare you, step between those ropes and face me. I'll knock you down a peg or two and we'll fix that attitude of yours up as well.
1: Say what you will, say what you must.
2: You're just pissed off, but no.